Welcome to CapeCast Audio 20. This is the 20-minute podcast from the city of Cape Coral, Florida. I'm Connie Barron. I'm the public information director for the city of Cape Coral, and I am the host of this weekly podcast. I have back in studio Mike Ilchison today, and Mike and I are going to be talking about the utilities expansion project. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when I interviewed Mike, he's probably going to be one of my regular guests, and we are holding true to that promise. So welcome back to the program, Mike. Welcome, Connie. Glad to be back. We're going to talk about the utilities expansion program, and the reason we're going to be talking about that is because our city council voted to restart the UEP, as we refer to it. Let's uh, let's explain to the listeners out there exactly what the utility expansion project is. Sure. The utility expansion project is a, uh, a project wherein the city is going to be bringing forward water, sewer, and irrigation services to areas of our city that are currently served by um, drinking water uh, through a, a private well and have sewer uh, services served by an on-site uh, septic tank system, an on-site sewage treatment disposal system. So what this project is, it actually will be bringing forward a centralized um, public water supply and a centralized uh, sewage treatment and collection system. Now, this has been an ongoing process for the city of Cape Coral, and it's not been without some controversy. How long ago did the city of Cape Coral start installing water, sewer, and irrigation in areas of Cape Coral? Uh, well, the city purchased the original utility system um, early on uh, in its uh, after it was incorporated, and the city has been moving forward with expansions for the se- uh, past several decades. Now, the utility expansion that they're looking to kick back into gear, that one was actually uh, in progress until just a few years ago. What happened? Well, that, that last expansion project... Um, was halted in uh, September of 2008. The uh, city administration had brought forward a, um, a guaranteed maximum price to bring uh, water, sewer, and irrigation services to the area known as Southwest 6-7. Uh, at the time, the uh, economy had just experienced uh, entering into a recession. The uh, There was some discussion and some you know political debate on whether or not the contract methodology for bringing forward that project was um, suitable for for the delivery of the project and so there was just a series of um, of things that uh, led the council to not approve moving forward and actually put the uh, project into suspension for the last several years so why do you think that the city council has uh, decided to move forward and restart this project uh, Based on the discussion that um, I've had uh, with council members at the various different meetings that we've been discussing this over the past couple years and uh, the short few meetings we've had with the new new council members that uh, were just seated in the last election, it appears that the council has um, recognized the fact that we have a pre-plotted community and that the uh, density of our home sites... um, will be such that, you know, a centralized sewage treatment system uh, needs to be de- uh, developed and built. Um, the There's been some discussion about the pricing of the materials. Right now we still have, uh, we're still hoping to get a good price on the piping, the concrete, the asphalt, and the construction uh, labor. Um, 
This council has also recognized the fact that we have historically low interest rates available right now. And in bonding the projects, as we do, uh, to fund them, being able to secure low interest financing is a, is a direct benefit that we pass through to the people that are paying the assessments to fund that. So, you know, there's a series of things I think this council has, has put together. We have an, uh, a unemployment rate locally uh, that's hovering just over 10 percent, and so that this project would also bring jobs to the economy. And, uh, you know, I think putting all those together, uh, having had all the discussions that they've had and done, you know, now we're into three years of review of different uh, components of this plan. I think they uh, felt that they've gotten to the point where now's the now's the right time to to get those plans, you know, off the shelf, go through them, uh, do some value engineering and, and start turning dirt and, and actually bringing the centralized public water supply and, and sewage system out to the community. Why do you think it's important for the community to have a centralized sewage system and city water provided? Well, you know, there is a there is a state statute out there that requires septic tank uh, on-site sewage treatment systems or you know also known as septic tanks to be um installed no greater than a density uh you know that that um we would have had we not been pre-plotted. So we basically have an exemption from that uh, state statute. And so if we were in any other community, we wouldn't even be allowed to develop at the density that we are basically pre-plotted for. So there's clearly... And we've got the... the, When we're talking about pre-plotted, we're talking about these typical 80 by 125 foot lots, square foot lots that are side by side by side by side. And that really causes some problems when you're talking about septics. Yes, and and that's what and that's what the Florida state statute, you know, prohibits from occurring uh, in any new city or any new development moving forward. As I said, there is a there is an there is an exemption from that which our our city hat, you know, falls under because we were pre plotted um, prior to that date. And and so that is why, you know, th- there's an issue with the uh, septic tank systems. Now, you mentioned just a few minutes ago about the some of the controversies surrounding the prior project and some of that had to do with the delivery method and the uh, how, how we were doing it. We were doing it with a construction manager at risk or a program manager at risk. We're talking now about doing a design, bid, build process. What is the difference between the design, bid, build and the construction manager at risk process? Sure. Well, the the previous way under the uh, last contract that w- the city was using to run this program was an at-risk uh, program manager and they were using a design build uh, methodology the 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 contractor was actually designing the project and they would go out and secure subcontractors to actually perform the construction and then they would oversee that construction management the way that uh, the the approved method um, last night on uh, February 15th was to actually approve a design bid build uh, project approach. And what that basically is, is we have the design already. We're going to have a contractor, an engineering firm come in and basically go through those plans, uh, take ownership of those plans, perform some value engineering, be able to help us assist in writing uh, bid bid documents for uh, all of the individual subcontractors who will do the construction, and then so that would be the bidding phase, 
And then we'd go into the build phase. We would we're going to award based on low bidder. Um, that's you know part of that project, and then based on all those individual contracts for the different construction phases, then we'll go into the bid phase. So, design, bid, build is is kind of a three part process where design build is the same firm is in charge of the actually performing the design and getting the construction out of the ground. Under the design bid build, does that mean that the city is going to be in charge of the program rather than somewhat uh, giving that authority, granting that authority to a construction manager at risk? Yeah. With the design bid build um, methodology, you have the option of delivering the the build aspect the third leg of that uh, of that title or that name you can deliver the construction or the build aspect under a construction manager at risk or through a um um just a construction management firm or do it in house and the the method that this uh, staff and administration recommended that council approved would to be bring in a firm that would perform these construction engineering and inspection services that would basically partner with us they would not be at risk so we're not transferring that in the contract we would still own the contracts with all the subcontractors but we would have a firm that would basically be our partner in delivering the project to the community so what's next as far as the uh, the actual delivery method when council approved moving forward with the project uh, last night which was february 15th what did they uh, approve that the next step would be for the city? Sure. I guess the first thing to outline is they, there was a proposal to outline a plan that would uh, deal with basically all the remaining areas. Um, council had some alternative ideas and, and wanted the task staff to do some further research on, on some of the, the uh, more far out years in that plan that was submitted. So what council approved last night was to move forward with Southwest 6 and 7, North 2 and North 1, uh, in that order, and basically uh, go back and look at North 3 through 8. Um, from there, what we are the next steps for the administration are going to be, we need to write a request for qualifications. It's a process that's outlined, again, in Florida State Statutes under the Competitive Consultant Negotiation Act, uh, CCNA, and what we will do is we'll write a request for qualifications. We'll look for um, these firms that, that are, have shown and demonstrated the ability to assist uh, governmental agencies in delivering centralized water and wastewater services. Um, and we would then shortlist those firms based on their qualifications uh, through a selection advisory committee process. Uh, we'll take the top three firms um, based on qualifications, no price component involved. We'll take that shortlist to council, city council, for approval. Based on city council's approval, we'll begin negotiating with the top qualified firm uh, for a contract to uh, help us with this project. If we are not, if we don't come to a uh, successful negotiation, negotiated contract with that firm, then we'll begin to go to uh, number two. And if we can't get with number two, then we'll go to number three. Now, based on what I heard at the discussion, it looks like it's possible that we would have this uh, engineering, uh, construction engineering and inspection services consultant on board maybe by September. Yeah, it's going to be about a seven-month process. What, what we need to do is we need to, we need to take the next couple of months, two to three months, to actually uh, write a comprehensive request for qualifications, outline all of the 
um, services that we're looking to have that firm uh, aid us with. And then we need to advertise that you know, to the firms out in the market. We'll, we'll put that out in a public notice, uh, and we'll do that you know, for two months. And we'll give them really good time to prepare what they want to present to us. Um, once that um, timeline closes, then we'll need to schedule them uh, to come to an SAC meeting, Selection Advisory Committee meeting. Uh, and that process will take about a month. And then from there, we need to go to council. You know, there's there's meeting requirements for that two weeks, three weeks, so forth. Get them to prove the ranking. And then once they give us the ranking, then staff can go and uh, negotiate uh, with that firm, which, you know, could take upwards of one to two months for that. So, you know, when you put all of that process together, you're looking really about a s- six to eight month, you know, pro- you know, project team delivery. And so seven months is what we felt was a, a good, you know, approach to, to just notify council in that range. Now, with the city taking over as far as the, the main oversight, um, are we going to be adding some staff? Yes. Under the last contract uh, delivery, there were f- um, five staff that was asso- assigned to that managing that contract and that project. We had a, a project engineer, we had three inspectors, and we had one contract specialist. So in moving forward now and restarting this, um, we're going to bring back that same core group. We're going to have a project engineer, three inspectors, and a contract specialist. However, um, at this point, because we're not having a complete program manager at risk or program manager delivery, um, we are we have also asked um, to have an additional, uh, like a public re- relations or media person, someone that would prepare all the documents and you know help deliver all the mailings, help coordinate all the town hall meetings, set up all the you know, responses. And we were also looking for another contract specialist that could help handle all of the documents. Since we're going to be doing this um, not at risk, the city is going to have all of the individual contracts with all the subcontractors. So we were were looking to have another contract specialist that will help manage all of those subcontract uh, um, documents. So we're looking at Maybe seven months before we have the consultant on board, we're going to be adding some staff. When we look at the timeline then, what is the soonest that Southwest 6 and 7, which is first on the list, uh, what's the soonest that the property owners in that area can start seeing uh, backhoes showing up and, and dirt getting turned? Well, a, a lot of that's going to depend on the project schedule that the um, – CE and I firm helps helps us develop. So if if their approach is going to be to go through the entire six seven design and issue one big um, bid, then it could it could be a considerable you know six to nine month you know delay. If if their approach if they bring to an approach to the table that says you know what we're going to look at these as as releasing smaller packages you know based on maybe let's say a lift station that's uh, adjacent to an existing service area and release those as soon as we're done reviewing that portion of the design then we could see a turnaround in much smaller areas maybe less than you know maybe in three months so it really depends on the project schedule and the project delivery uh, timeline that this uh, firm is going to help us develop. Well let's talk about the the part of the project that tends to raise the concerns and, and causes the most controversy, and that's the cost. The cost to install water, sewer, and irrigation lines is not minimal. 
um, what what can the the property owners expect? What have we seen in the past, and, and what are we looking for now? Explain to our listeners what the cost is for these services and why they're so expensive. Sure. The, the last time that we rebid 6-7, the last time the GMP was brought forward to council, the assessment component for the um, pipes in, in front of the homes, you know, the, the li- local lift stations, and the water pipes, that cost component was 10400 and then there was the impact fee of sixty-seven fifty, which paid, for, which was the component of actually uh, buying a piece or transferring equity of the actual treatment and transmission facility. So those are going to be your water plant and your wastewater plant. So the last time we brought this forward, it was around between seventeen and eighteen thousand. With the new um, way of approaching the construction delivery through this design bid build, the Ten thousand four hundred price for the actual lines in front of the ground and the local distribution components. Staff's hoping that we can bring that price down. The sixty-seven fifty is is the capital facility expansion charge is set by ordinance that council just amended, and that is the price. So unless they, unless city council, you know, does a, an impact fee waiver or does some sort of impact fee modification, then that price is, st- is still set in stone. So. Right now, staff it will be addressing through its contracts and uh, project delivery the ten thousand four hundred, and then you also have the sixty-seven fifty for the uh, impact fees. So we are hoping to get it down uh, as to how far uh, we can get that down. Right now, it's kind of you know unknown until we get that engineering firm on board. What exactly are the property owners receiving for that ten thousand four hundred? dollars um, with the actual cost of putting the pipes in the ground. Yeah, that those components are what should we call the local distribution components. Those are your fire hydrants, those are all your valving components. That's your the actual lo- the service line that comes down the road, you know, comes across the road from the distribution line, all the T's, all the elbows. And all of those uh, components that are, are involved with just getting from the major transmission lines uh, to the home. And I don't think you can overlook the fact that you also get a new road because you're using gravity sewer. That's correct. For, on the collection system, council did approve using the uh, the uh, conventional uh, gravity collection system, and that does include the rebuild of a new road. Mike, we're going to be talking about this uh, rather often, I think, over the next few months and over the next year. If people want to get some information and find out what's going on, where are they going to be able to find information? Yeah, we're we're hoping to have some uh, information available on the city's website um, by the end of the week, which should include the map. Uh, hopefully, we'll include any of the um, assistance programs out there for the financing that's available through our CDBG ship team, and uh, and and so hopefully by the end of the week we can begin to get some of that information available out to the public. All right, well, Mike, thanks for joining me today, and folks out there, just pay attention. There's more coming, so the UEP's on the way. We'll see you next time.